Welcome back to In the Trenches podcast, the podcast by youth pastors for youth pastors. On today's episode, Charlie, Gary, and Elliot sit down to have a conversation with Josh Wellborn, the National Youth Director of the Assemblies of God. We hope you enjoy this episode. What's going on, everybody? Hope you guys are doing good out there. We are actually recording live right now from our Youth Pastors Refresher in Cathedral City. Um, I didn't think there'd be more dirt than Norco, but there is a lot more dirt out here in Cathedral City, but it's a great time. We're at uh, Pastor Match Church, and I'm sitting here right now with the one and only Gary Garcia. Hey. Elliot Bland. So. And our National Youth Director, Josh Wellborn. How Yo, you doing, Josh? I'm good. How are you, Charlie? I'm good. I can't, can't complain. It's good to have you on the you podcast. You look good. Thanks. In my overalls? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's just that you've got that hole that's ripping up your backside, and I really, I really think you should consider wearing underpants. But, button it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classy day, dude. We told you that the National Youth Director oh, wow. was here. Put your... <laughs> Your jug with three X's <laughs> away. I he brought it to lead I worship. I wasn't with. expecting that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's gonna lead worship with the jug and the and the washboard. Yeah, <laughs> man. Well, <laughs> either that or he's got a shift at Cracker Barrel. Later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, I mess with Cracker Barrel, but that's besides the Cracker point. Cracker Barrel smacks, bro. Oh, I love Cracker Barrel. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. Um, I love it. <laughs> And that's how we're starting the podcast. I yeah. love it. Um, but Josh, for everyone listening, why don't you share a little bit about yourself for those that might not know who you are? Uh, what would you like to know? I'm an old youth pastor, and uh, I say that all the time, but then I get in the room with Gary Garcia, and I go, I'm a young youth pastor. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, no, I, I, so National Youth Director is the title, and I just, I t- literally, when I meet people on, uh, that don't, you know, aren't part of the Assemblies of God, I'll say, I'm just an old youth pastor, mm. and I'm just thankful that I get to still be involved in youth ministry, and, and uh, you know, there's, so for those who don't know, the National Office of the Assemblies of God is in Springfield, Missouri, and so I office out of there, but man, my heart is to be decentralized and to, to be at places like uh, SoCal and, and everywhere in between to... Uh, to, to connect with youth workers and, and, and talk about the things that we're passionate about, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit moving in our lives and discipling the next generation. Nice. I, I love yeah. that. Um, one thing that we, we like to ask, and you said you're an old youth pastor is the way you would describe yeah. it, is... Um, 20 years. 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, is we ask a lot of our guests, like, what's a, a crazy youth ministry experience that you've, you've had or a crazy youth ministry story? I know I'm putting you on the spot right now, but... I gave him the deer in headlights look. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because Elliot asked that question last night at the uh, at the refresher, and mm-hmm. everybody it ta- it always takes him a few minutes, and then yeah. after like three or four minutes, everybody's like, "Oh, I got one!" Yeah, yeah and then usually one. someone says a story, and then like triggers are like, "That was whack." I have a better story <laughs> than that person, and so it's like that's usually how it starts going. But yeah. to be the first person, it's a lot of pressure. That is. Yeah, you know the craziest youth ministry story was probably me as a teenager, and I cannot believe I did this to my youth pastor, but I kid you not, on that day when I was 15, 16 years old, I didn't know it was wrong. <laughs> You're like, wait, what's he gonna say? <laughs> I didn't know, I truly didn't know. So growing up, I grew up in an Assembly of God preacher home. My dad was an evangelist, he was a DYD, he was a pastor, he was a youth pastor. So I, like, there was no alcohol in the house ever. I've never, my dad's joke was, these are virgin lips, they've never even touched. <laughs> you know, like literally, he's, I grew up hearing that. And then, and I didn't know, but I, all of a sudden, when I'm like 15, 16 years old, somebody mentions non-alcoholic beer. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? They're like, yeah, yeah, they make this beer. It's got no alcohol in it. 
Well, we're, on, we're in the van on the way to a district youth convention in St. Louis, Missouri, halfway to Springfield. Our brand new youth pastor who came to Springfield, and he's youth pastoring all these church brats, because many, many of us, our parents worked for the Assemblies of God, and so that's why I say we're a church, I say it with affinity. But uh, yeah, so we bought near beer on that trip. <laughs> and I can't, and like looking back, I would lose my lid. Yeah. Like I would blow my top if a kid did that on a trip. And I kid you not, the day we did that, he was so mad. He did exactly what I would do. But I remember just being like, what's his problem? It's no like, alcohol. I mean, can Is we buy Coca Cola? Yeah. Like, that, like, you're going to flip out about that? True. So I don't know. I don't know. I'd probably have a better one than that. But, it's, but that's gross too, right? Like, I don't know. I didn't taste the, it. He made us return it. Oh, you bought it. I still it. have never tasted near beer. beer. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what near As, beer is. Charlie, what does beer taste like? Can you explain it to me? I don't me? know. I'm an assembly of guys. Yeah, pastor. okay, good. You passed the test, bro. Yeah, bro. So we should ask Tony Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> well, so he doesn't, he doesn't have a concept of that, but what he's brewing up in his bathtub <laughs> yeah. is yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, exactly. probably qualifies. I'm going to moonshine. <laughs> No, I, this is I, totally I'm, inappropriate. I really hope you guys don't get me in trouble today. Yeah. I, I feel like you've led me down a we path. We get youth pastors on here and, and then just, just get dirt on them yeah. in case. The, yeah. flood, the floodgates open, and now we have all this X recorded like um, stuff that is just sitting on our laptops now. We well, just save it. Save then, it for a good day. Yeah. And if it were a video <laughs> podcast, this is where we insert the meme of Admiral, uh, what's his face, going, uh, it's a trap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's his name, Gary? Admiral Akbar. Thank you. Uh, all right so you you uh you lead youth pastors obviously um across our our nation and uh one of the questions i i just have for you is what do you see because it changes all the time i think some things stay the same but youth ministry changes um you know a, a lot and there's a lot of turnover in youth ministry but what do you see as some of the major struggles youth pastors are dealing with um right now well, I, you know, we can go lots of different directions with that. And so I'll just popcorn the first three things that come to my mind. So number one would be the emergence of the secret sin that takes place when a student is quarantined for 18 months mm-hmm. or however long they were. You know, now you've got students who would rather be in their room, on their device, on their laptop. And, and I'm not even talking about the ones that are going into some to a dark place. I'm saying yeah. the good kids are there. So we're... And, and, Gosh, I'm using horrible language. I should not say make the distinction between the good kids and the bad kids. But, but candidly, uh, you can't put someone alone and expect them to maintain the standard of purity that we want to raise up mm. in, in the discipleship culture in our churches. Yeah. So, so that really concerns me. The second one is the thing that everybody's struggling with right now, and that's how do we continue to cultivate and build community? Because as has already been stated on this podcast, uh, COVID exposed our churches for the level of community they possessed. And so a church like Cornerstone with Gary Garcia did pretty good during COVID in terms of staying together because you guys had strong community before mm. the quarantine. Well, a church that was not, that was maybe weak with, with on, their, on their community scale, maybe they were very strong on spectacle evangelism. Maybe they had very strong worship or, or, or extremely charismatic dynamic speaking and people came to consume that content. And then all of a sudden they, they weren't able to meet. Well, maybe people didn't show up for community. And then, and then I would say the third thing is just this idea that is an old uh, remnant, I think, of the 90s. And that's that maybe our goal should not be to build a large 150 plus youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm afraid that the residue of that is still lingering even among millennial leaders who were never, they never accepted that on a conscious level, but I'm afraid that's still lingering because guys like Gary and I, uh, the Gen X youth pastors, 
that was kind of a cool, exciting thing in the 90s. And I really think it was a move of God. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not belittling it because it was, it was awesome. I'd never heard the term mega church until the 90s. But the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, I know what that is. And then it started popping up all over the country. These, these youth ministries, I'd never seen a youth ministry of over 100 growing up. And I'd been to a lot of places as a kid. And then all of a sudden in the 90s, we've got these big youth ministries in normal-sized towns. And I think it really was, it was, it was a move of God. Like, that's yeah. what he was doing. Now, was it revival? I don't know. But I know that it was, it was something cool that we saw in church culture in, in, in the United States. And, uh, and there's still remnants of that that maybe aren't the healthiest. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying that we don't get excited when there's hundreds of people that come to Christ. We do. We want that. We pray for it. Day of Pentecost, 3,000 people got saved. So I am not opposed to, to large congregations. I think that's really, really cool. But I, I'm concerned about what it does for those who don't have that calling or that purpose yeah. in their future. But it's part of the culture that they're in, so they can't get away from it. Yeah. Hmm. Or it's maybe it is in their future, but for today it's just a distraction. Yeah. So so those are three things those are kind of the first three things that come to mind and that's good. And of course we can go lots of different directions. Yeah. I think one of the things in just talking about, you know, the nineties and, and the way we did youth ministry and, and some of our, our focus points, I think now more than ever, one of the things I know I'm personally trying to teach young youth pastors is that that numbers and, and numerical growth is it's great and it feels good and it looks mm -hmm. good very but, affirming but mm -hmm. man coming to the realization that in the 90s i should have spent way more time discipling come than on. trying to grow a youth ministry numerically and, and to to really train these students i mean how many students i mean you've probably experienced this i know i have in the past of seeing students who you've poured into you've loved you've taken them to camp you've mm -hmm. taken them to convention they've been a part of youth group and you know a, a storm comes their way or they hit their senior year and they're just gone because i didn't take the time to mm. really um ground them and and dig some um you know theological roots in their yeah. life yeah and and so i i think that's such a bigger thing that i know for for me I'm really trying to get our youth pastors grab hold of the idea, disciple your students, disciple your students, disciple your students, make sure they understand God's word and know how to read it, know how to understand Amen. it. Yeah. And, and I think it's important that we give them a functional definition of what discipleship means. Exactly. Yeah. And so I don't know if we, you know, we, I don't, I don't have them right here in front of me, but one of the conversations I've been having with a lot of uh, national children's influencers is how do we, how do we define discipleship? And so we've kind of come up with the seven discipleship outcomes that we want to see as part of a common language across our fellowship that is very conceptual so that it would leave room for the practical on a local church level. So things like the Bible, things mm. like generosity, things like a prayer life, things like spirit, walking in the spirit. See, I said I couldn't remember them, but here I am naming <laughs> them. But you get it. You get it. It's a discipleship continuum that we want to see students on. So yeah. Yeah, and there's some great programs out there now with um, I'm Feed. Feed. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Feed yeah. is a great one Catechism. that I would encourage yep. youth pastors to grab hold of and uh, Theos U and, and there's, uh, there's others there now that can really get them excited again about really what it is to understand the Bible and know how to teach it. And again, I think it's huge what you said that they know how, how to disciple because I yeah. think yeah. in our minds, discipleship was just um, getting kids to go through the Bible app. We'll do a, 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 a devotional together yeah and which is good yeah but 
that's that's like and you're being again, generous it's Gary. not very deep discipleship there you're at being, all you're being generous because you and i both know that there's youth pastors out there who would maybe go skateboarding on a friday night and then get ice cream and that's fine and they would say oh that's discipleship hmm. that's 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 a great onboard to discipleship like there's hmm. nothing wrong with what i just described it's great it's awesome like, yeah i miss those as a low as not being in local youth ministry more i miss that so much yeah but that's just the beginning and, and can i throw in another resource real yeah, quick? yeah you mentioned feed and, yeah and the other one um I, Bible Engagement Project has some of the best uh, walk through it with your students. You can walk through it with your children. Yeah, uh, it it really has been very impressive, uh, and 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 I think that what we're seeing, and I'll, and I'll just say this from the National Office of the Assemblies of God, the conversations we have, how do we give, how do we give narrative and resources to this discipleship conversation? Because again. The idea is that, man, we want to be decentralized. I want the best ideas to come from California. I want the yeah. best ideas to come from Illinois. I want the best ideas to come from Texas. I want, you know, right? Yeah. And so we can, the list can go on, obviously. And if I left your state out, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's important for youth pastors that feel like they don't know how to disciple, learn. Mm. Learn how to do it. I mean, I, yeah. I hope we never stop learning, but yeah. it's too important for us not to, not to learn it and learn it and do it well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think like a lot more youth pastors kind of in the conversation you guys are going with just need to learn their context better. Because I think there's been a lot of times you kind of talk about the 90s. Man, I, sorry. I love the 90s. Sorry, yeah, I remember being born and that's <laughs> uh, about it. But uh, thank you for bringing us out. <laughs> I'm saying I felt the same exactly. Uh, this is part of his ministry to you, Gary. And I just wish I had somebody like that. Well, I yeah. do. I've got you. Uh, but the thing is, I, I've noticed it too. Um, even just we're at a youth pastor conference. Yeah. And I think sometimes like, what's the metric of success mm -hmm. in youth ministry? Mm -hmm. Like you talk about the, the mega church youth ministries. And yeah. I think we're moving away from even people thinking that that is like the idea of success. I think our language has moved away from it. But our again, there's a residue yeah. that we're not talking but about. But also there's this like repercussion that's come from it where uh, there's almost even peop youth pastors who are built for big youth ministries it's not bad mm -mm. that they're at a big youth ministry. I think yeah. that the people who are built not to be at a mega church, um, there can automatically be this like wanting to tear down what someone else is doing because right. it intimidates us. Right. Like, so yeah. and because my metric of success looks different from your metric of success, mm -hmm. uh, I want to tear down your metric of yeah. success. You have a big ministry. That means you're not doing discipleship as good as me, or I have a smaller ministry. Sure. That means I'm not as evangelistic as you. And I think it's like when you start to understand the way that you're built and what God has like uniquely gifted you with, yeah. there's there's a lot that like overlap and just like things that have to stay the same that every youth ministry should do. But the way that that plays out looks so different. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about these tools that you guys are talking about is like you can utilize those and put them in in your own way. But that's the fun thing about youth ministry is I think you really got you start to be able to like use your own flavor i yeah, guess right 100%. i've talked about on this podcast uh like gary and i we're super close we do so many things together but even like the structure of our youth ministries in the past year have been different mm -hmm. i implemented this like the way that we both of us came to the same conclusion we need to implement discipleship as like a a pillar of what this ministry is about like it's going to take us further than anything else can any event any giveaways like all of that we plug and play wherever we can but discipleship has to be at the forefront how we put that in 
took our personalities and our group and our, you know, our culture into play. We yeah. switched up the whole format of service. So instead of doing a weekly service with a message and worship and a game and a giveaway, we just did that at the end of the month. And every other week was small groups, right? Yeah. And then we did a one night format. So it's just like you have freedom. I feel like we feel so boxed in as mm -hmm. youth pastors sometime, sometimes and we get sort of like, oh, I have to do this. And it's sort of like what you have to do is create a place where broken and hurting students can come in and have an encounter with Jesus that changes their whole yeah, life. Exactly. Yeah. And how you do that um, can can really take into account what you're passionate about, what you're good at, you know, your personality, yeah. um, which is what is so cool about youth ministry as a whole. And even like a week like this, getting to be with a bunch of different youth pastors. Yeah. And I even think too, like to add on to that, going back to like when you were saying like how, how you were built, you know, like where God has yeah. you in this season. And I think for so long, I know for me, I'll speak for myself as I looked at the, the, the bigger youth groups and like, that's what I want. That's what I want. So I started changing who I was and the way God made me. And I think when, I think a lot of times that happens to especially younger youth pastors, like it did for me. Um, and when we, we stop acting outside of the way God made us, it's like, we're not truly walking yeah in the spirit you're in putting sense. on saul's armor brother there it is bro Come on. and so i i think too even for younger youth pastors out there that are listening to this to to accept in a sense like the way god made you and the way mm -hmm. god where the way um god has you right now in your church in your local church because god's trusted you with those students to pastor to disciple yeah. like you guys are saying yeah. And I get it. I mean, we live in this crazy culture, and I think we're seeing kind of a, a shift. But for a while there, the uh, you know the celebrity pastor status, and mm -hmm. you'd see these guys, yeah. and, and some of them are doing amazing stuff. But it's so easy to get caught up in that, and to the to the point where guys are wanting to dress like them. Yeah, and be, yeah. And you know, not Charlie though. Not, not Charlie. <laughs> true and true, brother. <laughs> but to to really, I mean, it's what's kept me where I'm at for so long is just. Once you realize I'm, I'm where God wants me and I don't need to chase anything, I don't need to look to the future, I don't need to stop, uh, continue to think about what's next, what's next, mm. what's next, but just be planted and focused in where I'm at and yeah. honoring the kids that God has put in front of you and just loving them. And yeah. I mean, it just changes everything. When you get out of that mindset of having to chase um, a status yeah. and just be planted. Well, it's funny because like a lot of the times the truth that we need as youth pastors is what we're preaching to our students hmm. week in and week out but we miss it in the saying of it like the answer that we need is right in front of us all along and just this idea of like being who God has called you to be and all you know you God called you to this yeah. not somebody else so you got to do it the way that God called you to do it and just so many other things as well I find oftentimes like the answer that I need is what I just preached the last week, but it's mm. so hard to like implement it into my life. Um, cause there's a disconnect there, but like, I, I think that there is this, I don't know, resurgence of just like passion and excitement. And there's, there's something unique and fun happening yeah. in youth ministry right now, yeah. um, that we all get to be a part of. And so it's super cool. And, and, but we got to be intentional about it too. Like yeah. we got to make sure that, we with this next rising generation that there's doctrine and truth for them to stand on yeah. um because there's more questions being asked now than ever like i noticed this i was talking with some of our students and with the campus being the focus i remember being in high school and if i would have asked you know a blind survey if they were christian most kids would say yes like they were just 
nominally christian but they you know they they didn't go to church but they I'm would not, i'm not muslim they would cl- yeah. exactly they would yeah. claim christianity now is one of the times in culture where there's like this active disdain and distrust of the church and so people are like no i'm not a part of that i because mm. they don't even really understand what it's about they've yeah. let other people describe to them god or church or you know all of this stuff and so i think we've got to make sure that our students especially well first and foremost that we know what we believe and that we're training students to know what they believe that's good um one of the we had dinner last night with some young youth pastors one of them i think has only been in it for a few weeks um so we have a a lot of new youth pastors um in in our um network josh what would you say to, to some young youth pastors that are just getting into it what advice that you would give them yeah well my standard answer to that, is, and I, I don't, I think I need to find a new way of saying it, but I'll, I'll say it, what I've got right now is just, you've got to be committed to just keep coming back for more. Because I think about that first disappointment that's probably waiting for them. Mm. And I think about the disappointments that were waiting for me. And I'm so glad. I, and, I, and I, even my own advice, I didn't take because I didn't always keep coming back for more. But at this, but I, I felt kind of like Jonah, uh, not in the sense of I was in rebellion going the opposite direction. But the Lord would always send a vehicle to get me back on track, whether I wanted to be back on track or not. And sometimes that vehicle was, you know, I remember, I know some people know the name Monty Hip. I remember Monty, you know, taking me out for coffee after I'd been let go from a youth position. And just, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he was that whale, he, or the, the large fish uh, for, the, for the biblical scholars out there. And, uh, and he took me back, you know, he just kept, you got to just be committed to keep coming back for more because there will be disappointments. I did want to make a comment about the large setting. We, I know, I know, we've been away from that for a minute or two, but but I've been sitting here pondering it. Um, and and to frame it up, I served at three different churches, and at three different size youth ministries. And one of them, it was not unusual to have five, six hundred students every, every Wednesday. Hmm. And I can tell you this right now, I was not happier in that setting. Now I wasn't I wasn't miserable. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. But it wasn't any more fulfilling than when I had 25 on a Wednesday night yeah. and I was resolved to really minister to those 25. That's yeah. good. Now, it was more fulfilling when I was disappointed with the 25. But if you've got 10, if you've got five, if you've got you know, three, you cannot walk in there with disappointment. Yeah. If you walk that's in good. there with disappointment, you're going to walk in with disappointment when you've got 500. And that's never going to change. Yeah. yeah. So, so can I just say that from experience? I don't, I don't have a theological base for what I'm saying right now. I'm just saying I've, I've walked through it. And I was, there were nights when I was extremely fulfilled with my handful of students and it was just the best. Yeah. I can't believe I get paid to do this. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yes. We're going to Jack of the box later. You know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. And yeah. And tell my wife, we're all coming to the apartment afterwards. You know, this is before we had kids obviously. And, and then, and then, um, and then, but then also you, you get disappointed and, and, and I can tell you it still happens when you've got a bunch Yeah. and you can't, you've got to be committed. I'm just going to keep going back for more. It might, I might do something dumb, but I'm going to keep moving. So, so, so I can't stress that enough, Gary, uh, for the, for the new young youth pastor. And then we all go back to discipleship. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I was very resistant to the idea of getting into big production youth ministry as a young guy, because that was my, that was my secular career before. So I knew that you could manipulate a crowd into a response, mm. but in my heart, I was just like, no, ministry is more important than that. And I, I would never, you know, it's kind of like this. It was just one of those sort of, 
you know how you get really indignant when you're 22 years old? <laughs> I would get really indignant at the idea of, of manipulating a crowd in church, you know? And so, um, so anyway, back, just back to that original question of what, what advice we would give to a young leader, make it about discipleship. You yourself have to be growing in Jesus in order to do that. So yeah. do whatever you got to do to do that. And, uh, that's, those are kind of the two, the three main things, I yeah. guess, discipleship, personal prayer walk with Jesus, and then keep coming back for more. Keep no, that, back up. that's so good. And it reminds me of something Gary told me early on in ministry. Um, like regardless of if you have 500 or 25, you're really doing it for the one, like keeping that individual student in mind, not that everything in youth ministry is for one kid, but it just, it brings it back to why we do what we do. And, you know, it's easy to go to a conference or be at another church and they have a basketball court, adult, you know, like, uh, what's the church? They got two basketball courts. Mariners. One, yeah, Mariners. They got one upstairs, one downstairs. You know, you go and you see that they yeah. got a lake on camp and you're just like, this, this is the dream to work here. Right. But then you think of, of Gabe, the, the kid, he's got a single mom and yeah. he's been a youth with me since he was in yeah. seventh grade yeah, and yeah. he's grown, you know, care about I, any of I, that. I went out on his first day of high school and with a megaphone and was like, Hey everybody, uh, it's gay. You know, just like the, that's what youth ministry is. It's easy to get disconnected in the planning yeah. of services and the, you know, buying AirPods for giveaways and the Instagram pushes and remembering those students that like, you know, that's what it's all about. And so one more question, Josh, since, since you're here, you know, we've been talking with you this week and, uh, you know, this is a podcast by youth pastors for youth pastors. Um, and so as the leader of the assemblies of God youth ministry, I, I just kind of want to know with the listeners listening to, um, what's God kind of speaking to you as our leader, where's God taking you? We've been talking about it a little bit this week, you know, talking about your why and, and what's pushing you, what's your passion. And so I just want to ask you that kind of give you a chance to give all of us who are listening, uh, kind of a glimpse at the vision of our leader and where mm. God's taken us yeah. in youth ministry. Well, and, and I'll, I'll preface it with this, you know, serving at the, at the national office is similar to serving at the network office. All of a sudden you're a youth guy who gets a seat at the table with sort of the older generation. And, and they're paying attention to you. And, and when they want to know something about youth ministry, they kind of come to you. Mm -hmm. You still get treated like the youth guy. <laughs> I get it all the time. And I see, you know, every, ask any district youth director across the country. It really is a badge of honor. If you're doing your job right, you will continue to get treated like the youth guy. And I, I don't know why that is other than I think that people that do adult ministry, they just see youth ministry as sort of this separate culture. It's mm -hmm. like, well, I know there's people over there doing something. I, <laughs> I, don't know what I think they're giving away prizes or throwing cornhole bags or something. I don't know. I don't know what they do, but they do it. And occasionally they'll dip into your world, you know, if they've got a curiosity or a question or something like that. And so with that seat at the table, I would say, man, I am passionate about bringing young leaders to the table. That's one of the reasons that I'm highly relational. The other reason is that's just the way the Lord made me is because I want to see young leaders come to mm -hmm. the table for the purpose of exploring new solutions to old problems. Yeah. Like the things we're talking about, this is like, not, this is not new. Yeah. You know, like people not coming to church. That's not new. Yeah. Like, well, that's new with COVID. No, it's not. Like there's, there's always been a struggle to get people to, to, to come be part of a, of a faith community. Um, and so just, I would really encourage young leaders listening. Don't be afraid to approach the table. Don't be afraid to approach the table. Cause I promise you, 
there's somebody like myself or, or, or Doug Clay, our general superintendent, he's a master at this. Mm-hmm. He will, there, we have to be committed to helping young leaders find a seat at the table so that both the older generation and the younger generation can explore those solutions that they both want to find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we really do need each other. It's good. Yeah. No, really better good. together is not easier together. Come on. Mm-hmm. That, that better together motto was, was something that we did in Michigan when I was DYD. And it was pretty quickly. I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, better together is not easier together. It'd be easier to do things separate. Yeah. You know, let, let them do their thing. We'll do our thing. And and a lot of Christians are committed to doing things separately, even though they would say we're in unity. They really aren't. They're only in unity in so much as they want to work with people that want to work like and think like them. Yeah. But man, we've got to be committed to getting outside of our box and understand that it's going to be a challenge. So good. Yeah. in summary, man, young leaders come to the table, yep. help be part of the national conversation. Well, and I love that. Sorry, I know we're closing right now, but I like I really do love that thought of being at the table because it kind of goes back to that idea of like you can't change what you're not a part of. And I think right. we like to complain about things, yeah. um, you know, the assemblies of God sure. or even just church um, and just to any of the younger generation listening, youth pastors, especially. But maybe if there's people just wanting to be in youth ministry or, or students or just this random guy who happened to click. <laughs> it's like, I thought this was going to be at the, about the army, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> don't be the person who just complains about something in and is unwilling to participate yeah. in trying to be and a that part goes for of the older generation. The change. As well, yeah, oh, no, it's yeah. true. I mean, it's, it's both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I but I'm saying I, I love that. And that's a part of the reason I like really love being a part of the assemblies of God is because overall, especially just the cooperative fellowship, this, what yeah. we're doing mm-hmm. this weekend at the refresher, like it's so worth it. Um, and I think sometimes we can get the us younger people like, Oh man, I don't get that. Or I don't understand why it's this yeah. or, you know, whatever, but it's, it's so worth it to be a part of that. And rather than just walk away or complain. So I, I love that spirit of like, come and sit at the table because then you can help be a part of where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Charlie will have to put a shirt on if he wants to sit. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well, Josh, man, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast with us today. Uh, hopefully you guys feel encouraged today about that podcast i'm gonna try and close this one out um but hopefully you guys have felt encouraged with that podcast today and um, enjoy everything that was said if you have any questions on anything that was said you can go ahead and reach out to us on instagram at socal youth pastors we'd love to connect with you and other than that we will catch you on the next podcast see ya bye peace